Welcome to another edition of the 49er Goldcast. San Francisco, are you ready? Boom! Welcome to another edition of the 49er Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Salisa First, baby. And our esteemed co-host, Old Man Davis. Boom! All right, gents. Week six is in the books. San Francisco 49ers at Buffalo Bills. Final score, 45-16 in favor of the Buffalo Bills. And what a royal butt-kicking that was. Uh I don't think that came as any surprise to the gold cast. You know, we we uh, we had discussions about this before. This was the return and the start of one very uh, controversial uh, Colin Kaepernick. I I think a lot of fans were happy to see him get started. These were also the same fans that were booing last year and begging for Blaine Gabbert to be back. Now these same fans were begging for Colin Kaepernick to be back. I think. We're going to get into a lot of this. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about was something, Ray, you and I have been talking about off air, is that the kind of talking about 60 minutes of football, the 49ers are only really capable of about 30 minutes of football. Yeah, about, you know, about they two can, quarters, sometimes a little bit more. So, you know, if, and sometimes if they're they, on their they, A game. If they're on their A game. Which, you are, uh, to this point, has only been week two and week four. And one, of course. Yeah. Well, we're, we're the masters. Oh, right, yeah, the masters. yeah. The week one, of course, but uh, week two, week two, and week four. There's been about three competitive games, and then uh, uh, four legitimate blowouts, or three, you know, three the, blowouts. The Forty Niners can they can they can hang with you in the first quarter. They can hang with you in the second quarter, and then after the after they give you the thirty minutes, they, that's pretty much it. You might get some garbage time in the fourth quarter. That third quarter often is uh, really the tail of the tape. And this week, the fourth quarter is really what, what did us in. Um, Colin Kaepernick was 13, 13 completions for 29 attempts, 187 yards, one TD, no interceptions. Thank goodness. I, I was terrified that that might happen. Yeah, he and, was below uh, 50%. Yeah. It was, it was, so, it's statistically, it looks like a Blaine Gabbert day, although there were, you know, it was marginally better. It was a marginal improvement at best. And to be honest, he wasn't all that – Tyrod Taylor wasn't all that better. He was 17 for 26 for 179 yards. The only difference is he had two TDs and Cap only had one. But, yeah. I mean, Tyrod Taylor wasn't that much better. You know, um, LaShawn McCoy, with, of course, in the absence of Navarro Bowman, Shady was just exploiting the the middle, which we, we, we kind of, you know, I think – uh, we kind of saw coming a little bit. So, Raymond, let's kind of get into your uh, your take on on what we're seeing. Uh, we again, I mean, lack of depth. I don't want to beat a you know beat a, a dead horse, but let's let's get in let's get into. It. I know you had a lot to say about this game. Oh, it's that's pretty much it. It's very similar to last week. Uh, most fans will agree. Um, this is just a team that does not have a whole lot of talent. And in addition to that, doesn't have a whole lot of depth. Um, the the capable players that on the defensive side of the football 
that could make plays are not in the lineup. And as you can see, the backups are, there's a reason why they're backups. You know, and some teams have a little bit more depth. You know, this is a brand new system too. It's not like this is a Belichick system that's been here for over 10 years. And so guys just plug and play. You can't do that. It takes a very long time and you have to have a good system to to be able to plug and play like that like like you can in college at the NFL it is very very rare and there's typically only one maybe two teams uh, throughout a couple decades that can pull it off each you know the Niners were the 20 years had a 20 year run then in between that it was Dallas for maybe about 10 and then after that it was it's been New England ever since then so it's for the last like 30 years there's only been three teams where you can have a plug-and-play system similar to college but those are ex exceptions to the rule uh, in the Niners case they just the, the, the I don't see a problem with the scheme just like I said last week I stand by that it is not a schematic problem it is a talent problem it is a depth problem even the guys that we're seeing here there's just not uh, Nick Ballore led the team in tackles again for the second week in a row but he was exploited numerous times I mean if Nine and three. I mean, the fact that he led the team in tackles is not saying much because LaShawn McCoy had 140 yards and three touchdowns. That is crazy. On 19 carries, less than 20 carries, he was able to accomplish that. We are just abysmal on the defensive side of the football. And that's because of what I just said. But also think about this. Ray Ray Armstrong is gone. Middle linebacker. Navarro Bowman is gone. All pro inside linebacker. Uh, Jimmy Ward's gone, our best defensive back. He, well, he's not out, but he's week to week. He hasn't been put on IR. He just has some kind of quad problem that he can't seem to get over, and he's missed three games because of it. So you have three of our best defensive players all out. Keith Reeser started today. Tremaine Box started later in the game. He played better when he came in. Antoine Bethea is a good safety, but he's old, so he's exploitable in speed. Eric Reed is out there by himself trying to do all of this stuff. And then the cornerback situation, Rashad Robinson got hurt today and he had to leave early. That's another pick, uh, another rookie. You can't really fault the rookies too much. The Twin Towers played better today. Eric Armstead had, had, a two sack, sacks. had a sack and a forced fumble. Yeah. Buckner had two sacks too. So, so there's progress there. There's a little bright spot we can throw into the mix. But overall, until those guys become the next Michael Strahan and – Paul Pierce or, or uh, Pierre Pierre Paul, then we're going to be in situations like this where the defense gets worn out, and it's and the the reason why the defense is getting worn out is because the offense can't produce anything because there's no depth or talent on that side. I think the offensive line is you definitely have a foundation there that you can build upon, and Carlos Hyde was playing well. He injured his shoulder at one point in the game. Was able to come back. Don't know if there's a lingering effect there that might affect I'm him for next game. I'm always scared games. about Hyde. I am, and yeah, you know, Hyde's here's health. the problem: Rashad Robinson got hurt. Uh, Hyde had a shoulder injury. Eric Armstead and Buckner have been battling injuries in Armstead's second year, Buckner's first year. These are all Trent Balky picks. Uh, Vance McDonald seems to be able to show flashes, but either but in the in the early half of his career was dropping footballs and couldn't capitalize. And now that he has, he's just too fragile after he gets hit and seems to go down. So again, Balky picks guys that have talent, maybe on paper, have talent in the film room, but for whatever reason are just not durable guys. And no, well, there's a bigger question, consistency please. with him picking fragile players and players that amount to nothing especially the acl laundry list of players that he loves to do that have none of them have panned out in fact tank carradine 
hasn't done anything. Now it's his third year. He's playing in his comfort zone, and he hasn't doing anything. Had one tackle today. That's it. No sacks for the season. And he's, like, starting a lot, too. He's trading off with, like, Brooks. Uh, Aaron Lynch had a better game. He, I, thought him, I thought he applied more pressure. It was good to see him out there. But he had no tackles today. Uh, no tackles at all. Just kind of pressures and for, forcing Terod Taylor out of the pocket. But he's kind of similar to Russell Wilson where he can be elusive. He's not as good as Russell Wilson, obviously. But, uh, but again, this is frustrating because there's no talent and there's no depth. And when you see that, you obviously can't blame the rookies whether it's their first year. But you have second-year players that are, you know, kind of not really getting to that second level yet. You know, you have running backs that are just demolishing the, the first and second and third level of our defensive unit. And to me, what that tells me is that there is a glaring problem with the personnel selection that we have that we have recruited. And that falls squarely on the shoulders of Trent Baalke, which is why, in my opinion, I think if this trajectory keeps happening, because it's not a schematic problem, these coaches are better than the previous coaches we had. That 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 is a proven fact. And you can look at the history of their success to, to prove that in case anyone's wondering. But that is not the problem. But the fact that we are still struggling and look even worse than we did in last year tells me that there's it is a personnel problem. It is a depth problem. It is a lack of talent problem. And that's a GM problem, which in my opinion, we already have Tom Gable who's been promoted and looks to looks to be right right on the heels of Trent Balke. Because if Trent Balke sees the door, Tom Gamble is the next man up. I don't know anything about this guy. I haven't really researched him. I don't know what to expect. All I know is that Balky's on the hot seat, and if this trajectory continues, which it looks like it most likely will, if I'm a betting man, I would bet that it will continue, then Trent Balky's out of here by the end of the season. Guaranteed. Draft I agree with that. Quarterback. Draft a quarterback. Oh, man, At Davis. this rate, we're going to earn the first pick. Oh, man. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're gonna. I'm going to get back to this Balky thing. I have a couple questions for you, Rain, but first, Old Man Davis, I turn to you. And as you, like you said, we actually watch a lot of tape, um, you know, the breakdown on the team. They're an athletic, tall group. You know, they, they tend to get tired. And, and today, just the, the line, I mean, if you want to give any game balls out today, today you need to give it to the offensive line. They whooped them up and down the field. Whooped them? Um, I didn't care nothing about that. You know, I care about winning games for Buffalo. Winning games for Buffalo. Right That's what he said. I'm back. I'm better than ever, and I feel great here on the Goldcast talking about what? The 49ers, red and gold. Faithful, baby. Problem is, I'm talking about a losing team. I'm talking about a a team one in five. I'm picking my nose. What do I find? I find gold nuggets in there. And they don't even value for shit. All right, Alshon Jeffrey, what does he say? We got to... We got to make some fucking touchdowns. I should say the same thing. Third down efficiency for red and gold? For shit. Red zone efficiency? For shit. Actually, the third Time of league. possession? For shit. Ray Ray Armstrong? Also known as Ray Solis? <laughs> he said it all already for me. All right? The Ryan brothers stunk up that field. For the 49ers, and they did it all in their face. Hats off to them. They did an outstanding job. They made the 49ers made Tyrod Taylor look like Tom Brady out there. <laughs> well, it wasn't efficient passing. It was more the running game than anything else. Uh, yeah, Deep Sean McCoy. Balls. 
running backs. Man. Sorry, Carlos Hyde. Somebody probably wishing they had that running back out in Indianapolis right about now. Oh no, no, no I'm more. No. no, I'm more. Gore, no, Gore would I'm be a, probably wouldn't even have the, wouldn't be putting up the same numbers. How about that fourth and one? I don't think he. W- I think he would have got that first down better than Mike Davis did. Wow. Yeah, that was a questionable call, but I mean, that was around the time when. Who knows why they made that call? I don't know. Let's go back to Balky. Raymond, you were saying something before about Balky's players not being durable. But is that something you can really – I mean, can you fully attest for something like that in the draft? You can't. You can't. You can't quantify it. But what we can do is say, what's your track record? What's your track record for having an eye for talent? Yeah. And we can say that. You know, you you probably you you probably can't put on him say, hey, these guys aren't durable. You probably can't say that. But what you can say is like, these guys aren't panning out. They're either injured or they suck. And his offense, I mean, let's let's be honest, his offensive, uh, his offense, his his wide receiver choosing, for instance, is horrible. Yes, in that in that regard, we know it's terrible. I mean, Patton, Patton makes plays here and there. I mean, he's great at picking free agent wide receivers. That that's the easiest. Part I think you of and a I GM. Agent wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, Torrey Smith had a 53 yard touch. It was nice to see him get a couple of catches, but let's be honest with that, with the 53 yard touchdown. That was blown coverage. So we kind of got lucky. And the the cornerback, and they were they were in a bunch of trips and they came right. And then Torrey, Torrey comes left on the, out, the outside. And then nobody, nobody covered him. You had corners doubling up. They came. They came and doubled up when one should have taken Tory out there, and by and the safety was too slow. By the time he realized what had happened, it was too late. Kaepernick had already hit him, and just Tory made an inside move and scored a touchdown. So I mean, but the problem is that those kinds of exploitations are happening on our side of the defense on a weekly basis and on a quarterly basis. It's not like 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 how many how many of those how many of those plays happened in our favor zero that, that I mean well one today that was it yeah so going back to, so all right let's 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 move back over to to cap okay uh, cap cap has a, a decent first half showing like the rest of the team you know he was about he was uh he was um. What's the word? He was uh, competent for at least the first 30 minutes of play, and then the next 30 minutes of play was you know, virtually shut out. Uh, how do we feel about Colin Kaepernick? I feel like I'm one of the few people that didn't really think Colin Kaepernick was going to make a, a huge difference, and he, I don't think he really will. Um, I think that given the – I think he's more protected, and he, he'll play better because he has more protection – but in general, as we discussed before, there just isn't enough on this 49ers team to a to to live up to the schemes and actually efficiently pull off what this coaching staff is trying to do. And b there isn't enough talent around Kaepernick to give Kaepernick any weapons. He doesn't outside of Carlos Hyde doesn't really have any weapons. No, he doesn't. And if other guys were getting open, that would also – I mean, here's the thing. He overthrew Torrey Smith once. He underthrew Torrey Smith another time. So those were on Colin Kaepernick. There's two There's two touchdowns that we could have had. 
where Colin just made a bad throw and he had time. Well, I mean, the underthrow where it skipped, that was more he was rushed. But the overthrow in the end zone, Torrey had the guy beat. You're just missing the throw. I mean, those are frustrating because it's like, dang, Gabbert was doing the same thing. And Mm -hmm. the underthrow when you're pressured, here's the thing. At least he was getting pressured, so there's something to consider and not just say, well, Cap just made a bad throw because Gabbert was doing that while he wasn't getting pressured. So, like, marginal differences between Cap and Gabbert. The point is that when Cap has a supporting cast, he's really good because he's a quarterback that thrives under a really good supporting cast. He's not like a Brady or a Breeze or an Aaron Rodgers where your supporting cast can be pretty crappy, but you're so good that it doesn't matter because you're you, you're especially at the quarterback role because you're the facilitator of the offense so when you're above average you can carry other players because you can make plays where in cap's case he's he's kind of an average quarterback but he plays above average when his supporting cast is really good he's not the type of guy that can carry the team even though he is in a a he has the most important role in the offense but there's just not enough, like we've said again, I mean, we, we're going to, you know, we're kind of a broken record right now. So I apologize to the fans if it sounds a little redundant. But the truth is there's just not enough talent and depth to carry this team. They're good for about two quarters, sometimes three. Here they were good until late in the third quarter. And then, boom, that last touchdown where it became 24 to 13, that was, that was pretty much it. They were in it for about two and a half quarters. And then Old the Davis, offense, offense cannot sustain drives. What did you think about Colin Kaepernick? You know, he was your favorite for a long time. Damn near, damn near favorite, favorite. I think uh, we should get uh, in the backfield number seven to run the ball behind number seven when he gives number seven the ball. And our run game would be indefensible I think you have quarterbacks that can come into a game relieving poor starting quarterbacks and do somewhat well to either win a game or to continue on with the rest the remainder of the season Colin Kaepernick is not one of those quarterbacks Colin Kaepernick is not a solution Colin Kaepernick is going to need more games for us to all see what we already know. He is not the answer. He will not be wearing a 49er jersey next season. I don't think the so. The man either. is only no. out looking for himself and secondary is to win games for the 49ers. Right now this is his opportunity to audition for other teams in the offseason. Well, I mean, but think about it. Why? Why? I mean, outside of his contract, I mean, since 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 they fired Harbaugh, it's not like the bulky or the 49ers staff's given Kaepernick a whole lot of reason to to believe that they're working in his best interest and in trying to make this team succeed. In fact, if anything, it would appear as though uh, management has put this posi- has put this team in every possible position to lose. Through through draft picks, through free age through free agent picks or lack thereof free agent picks, through coaching staffs 
Now, again, I'm I still am on team Chip Kelly and Jim O'Neill. I think Chip Kelly and Jim O'Neill definitely need another chance. I love how we're talking about this already at week six, like it's like it's the end of the season already. <laughs> we still we still have we still have ten more weeks of football left. But uh, but you know that first round draft pick starting to look sweeter and sweeter. Uh, Raymond, kind of looking at that, we have to draft a quarterback for sure. We do, and and that's really where it starts. That's where you have to build. Some people think that you need to get free agency and that we had all this money and we could have spent it on free agents. It's like, no, 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 no. There's a difference. So when you have that much cap room, but you Yeah, are... let's go to this, Ray. Let's go to this talk. Cause on, let, me, let me preface this talk before, and then I want, to, want you to talk about this because this is something, the rumblings we've also heard against the anti-Balky conversations is that – uh, the free with all that free agency money that he didn't spend the forty nine million. This is just another prime example of how inefficient Trent Baalke has been as uh, as a GM. Which is we don't necessarily agree with that, and I want you to explain why. It's 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 pretty simple actually, and and for your average fan, they probably don't understand this, which is why we've heard this the counter argument so much. When you're in a position like the 49ers, when you're rebuilding you are not necessarily in a position to start to stack up on veteran help. That is more for a team that is on the rise, that is really uh, a hand, less than a handful of players away from really kind of getting over the hump. You know, the Raiders are a really good example of that. I don't particularly like to talk about the Raiders, but they fit, they fit this, this example really well because they're a team that is on the rise. They're a team that was really, that had solidified their offense and so they got players they drafted players so what did they do they signed free agents they signed crabtree they signed bruce irving they signed osemele they signed sean smith although sean smith has been terrible a terrible pickup for them he's kind of been a waste of money so far but the point is they just needed a few guys to get in there and then they solidified the rest with depth and with draft picks but (laughs) in the niners case they have about with the Raiders, they had like maybe four holes to fill. So it's like, okay, let's fill that with four proven veterans. That's easy. The Niners have about 12 holes to fill. So you don't even have enough money to overpay that many veterans to plug into all those holes because you're, you're technically, mathematically speaking, financially, you can only afford like a handful of guys and see. So if you were to invest in that now, that wouldn't make logistical sense. That wouldn't make financial sense. As you said in our conversation, it wouldn't make fiscal sense, meaning it's not going to make long-term sense because when those contracts come up, you're not going to have the money to pay the guys that you need to pay. So you would cut you would cut loose those veterans and then you'd, be, you'd have those same holes to fill again or you'd, or you'd, pre, or you'd present more holes. So the Niners are not in that position, which so I agree with that. I agree with Trent Baalke not not spending that money. Maybe he could have gotten a different guy other than Zane Beatles. Sure, you could have maybe one or two more to help 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 some help some some maybe help the defensive line. They were stacked. They had tons of draft picks, tons of undrafted. You it would it wouldn't make sense to pick up guys on there. The secondary they they picked three corners out of the draft again. You you would have too many guys you'd have because guys have to get cut so obviously you're not going to cut the veteran but it's like hey what do i do with the new guys that i just got you remember you have 53 you can only pick 53 and of the 53 you can only suit 46 so 
you have to think about this on a global scale. You can't just say, well, we just buy buy an awesome free agent. No, we great. No, it doesn't work that way. When the Niners get to a point where they are like playoff bound or on the verge of becoming playoff bound, then it makes sense to pick up and overpay for some of those veteran guys. Like in the Raiders case, Osemele has been awesome. He's been a killer on the offensive line, doing awesome things for their run game. That makes sense. The old man Davis, we gave that to you. That makes total sense. But the Niners are not in that position. They have a nice foundation with the offensive line. And sure, Zane Beatles is a short-term solution for an up-and-coming Josh Garnett, who actually actually got moved to the right, and he beat out Tiller, but he struggled today. But he's a rookie, and he's only played once, and he missed most of training camp because of the rules, and he had to graduate Stanford first. And, and that's showing here. He's just not ready. He got, he got tossed around. He got beat up. So, so if you think that the Niner solutions can be solved with just because we have so much cap money, you are horribly wrong because that's, that is not how free agency works. Free agency is meant to complement a team that is on the rise and up and coming and you want to make a playoff push so you just fill a couple of voids on your team with some proven veteran leadership and then the rest is supplemented with draft and your depth chart but in this case the Niners, Niners are in, not in that position if the Niners want to get back to relevancy we have to cut ties with Chen Palki, go through another round of drafts maybe maybe you pick up one or two veteran guys again because you do have to spend money according to the rules. You got to spend like a certain percentage by the time the season starts. So, but but you have it has to start in the draft, and you have to cut ties with some of the guys that have had their chances, like Tank Carradine. You got to cut ties with him at the end of the year. You probably got to cut ties with I don't know. I would assume Keith Reeser, Dante Johnson, third year not doing much at all. I would cut ties with him. But I mean, you know, maybe Ian Williams or Glenn Dorsey. Those guys aren't doing much. Mike Purcell's proven that he's not a very good nose tackle. He's great in preseason, not so much in the real game, which is probably why he was a practice squad guy. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's how it works. You, the free agency supports a team that's on the rise. It does not support a team that's rebuilding. That, that You rebuild through the draft, then you supplement with the free agency, not the other way around. Absolutely. So <clears throat> moving moving on... Chip Kelly has been now non-committal about who he's going to start next week. I don't know if you guys have heard this. Old Man Davis, did you hear about this? We'll see. Yeah, Chip Kelly is non-committal. Who who goes under center next week? Old Man Davis, we start with you. Number seven. And speaking of number seven, uh, I, I'm seeing uh, him possibly go to the Bears or maybe the Browns, where they really need some quarterback help. Okay, uh, that's all I got to say. <laughs> Ray, what about you? What do you think? Where do you think? Who who starts under center next week? Uh, I think you give Cap another shot. You got to remember, Blaine got. You have to, right? Blaine had five games to show that he was exactly. You know, not not too far behind from what Cap showed today. But you got to remember, Cap hasn't had us hasn't been getting the first team reps that Blaine's been getting. So he, you you don't have the same body of work underneath your belt, and you don't have the same amount of live games under your belt. So because this team is offensive line wise and is playing better than they did last year, I think you want to 
you want Cap in that situation because he's proven himself. 2013 was the last really good year he had where when he had a really good line, he was able to do a lot of really good things. At the same time, we had good receivers. We don't have that so much now. We, we have Quentin Patton, who's kind of hit and miss. We have Curley, who's the, con- the, the only consistent player there. We have Torrey Smith, who's just a one-trick pony. And you have tight ends that are seem to be utilized more as blockers than they are in the passing game because they're also inconsistent. Sometimes Blake Bell and Selleck have catches and Vance McDonald does, and then other games they don't. They really like to – they want to push Vance McDonald, but he seems to be hindering that progress by his own lack of uh, durability. But that's been Vance McDonald for years now. I remember a couple years back I was calling him the best Seattle Seahawks player on the field. Yes. He's, he's my number one. He's my favorite Seattle Seahawk. Yeah. He just was God just can't catch anything. I I don't know. I don't understand how this guy is still on the team. I really don't. Cuz he's awesome at blocking. I mean, if you just watch the blocking footage, he's killer. He's as good as Bruce, you know, he's like Bruce Miller. Bruce Miller's awesome skill set was blocking. Oh, so that's why that's He's what, great okay, at blocking. What... He's great. I mean, the last uh, you know, the but I mean, going back to what your question, uh, I think easily it's cap. You know, he needs more reps. You need to see what he, what else he can do. And if through five more games he's just doing that, then who knows? I, I don't know if you really need to flip. I don't think going back to Gabbert, you know what you're going to get out of Gabbert. So going back to Gabbert's not an option. But your last option is Christian Ponder. And you, things are going to be pretty bad if you have to go that route. Not that he's like a terrible quarterback, but he's he's he doesn't even suit up for games. He doesn't play with the one, no. so you're gonna get. So if if Cap goes one and five, you know I don't. Chris, going to Christian Ponder isn't gonna make things better. You're you're already out of the playoff race. You're two and ten at that point. So so what well, difference does it make at this? I, well, I think at this point you got to ride the ship out with Cap. Well, here's the thing. I mean, we are we all already know this. The the they're, the the quarterback of the future is not on this team right now. We said this several weeks ago on the on the Goldcast. So the the, the quarterback isn't here. The 49er faithful, the 49 faithful that really know what's up, they already know that. Yeah, we knew that. And, going and the quarterback season. we did draft this year now plays for the Bengals, or I'm sorry, the Browns. Oh no, he, yeah, he did go to the Bengals. No, he did go to the Browns. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bengals, Browns, Browns, Bengals, Bengals, Browns. Browns? <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. The, the the quarterback of the future isn't on this team. And what do we say at the beginning? And I think we all unanimously unanimously agreed upon this. Whatever quarterback started the season wouldn't end the season. We all knew that at some point they were going to make a switch. If Cap started this week, you, if Cap started week one, you know who'd be playing right now? Blaine Gabbard in his first, his first showing of the season. That's who'd be starting right now. Am I right or am I wrong? No, you're right. I don't know if he'd have played this badly, but uh... – Blaine Gabbard had the position in the palm of his hand, and he blew it. Oh yeah, he blew it big time. Yeah, big he time. didn't want it. But you and know now, what? And now I only want to see Christian Ponder by week twelve, just so I can see who's gonna play number two quarterback next season. Who's the the battle the battle for the for the for the second string quarterback? Battle for backup twenty seventeen. Yeah. You know the thing here. Here's the. Oh, I lost my train of thought. Doesn't matter. Uh, oh, Blaine Gabbert. I called this last year. Last year, I called this on on Blaine Gabbert. Remember, every single week, I was going, man. You know his 
His pass, passer ratings going down. His interceptions are going up. I saw this kid who started pretty decent when he first got on the field last year, but then each game, and I kept saying it. Remember, I kept saying it last year. Kept going. Mm-hmm. This guy's going down just a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. By the end, I mean he got out just in time. Like playing, get like the season ended. And with and he he ended the season with just enough di- dignity that you weren't really ready to write off Blaine Gabber. But I saw the writing on the wall with this guy last year, and I called it even last year on, on the on the Gold Cast. I was like, I don't know, I don't know. I have my doubts, man. I keep looking at these numbers, and it just keeps getting worse and worse, slowly but surely, incrementally. It just kept getting worse, and then this year, full blown, Gabbard's not the dude. All right. So looking ahead to the future, gentlemen, next week we have Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, they are two and a half point favorite or two point favorites over San Francisco 49ers. The question is, gentlemen, do you take that bet? You take that bet, and it won't just be two points, ladies and gentlemen. This will be ten points or more. Ten points. Are you saying they go over? They go over. They're currently two and three. They're which is second in the NFC South, which that is not saying a whole lot. I want to say they're going to lose, but I'm going to go ahead and go against the grain and say this is where the Niners pick themselves up and get some dignity before going one and six. And they go. They they beat Tampa Bay. I had them winning this game. I had them winning this week. I think if the starters were in there defensively, I'm not sure they would have given us. They would have probably given us another another ten minutes to compete and given the offense another opportunity to get some drives going. But I'm gonna say you go against that bet, make some money, take the Niners. The Niners win by seven. Ooh. That's Niners, well, Raymond, you say Niners win by seven. Old man Davis says they win by Bucks win by ten. Um, so d- you're taking the over, Raymond. You're you're definitely taking the under on that sucker, and you're mm-hmm. saying actually that the 49ers will will take it. Yeah, why not? All right, Raymond, where can they find <laughs> us? You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 49ersgoldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at 49ersgoldcast. You can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher for all the latest and greatest of our episodes as they become live. Subscribe, and you'll get notifications as soon as we go live every week. We are on every week, guys, for the duration of the season. So subscribe now. There you go. And we'll be going a little bit past that. We'll talk about more about that towards the end of the season. Raymond, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis. Boom. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Rudy Solis third. Rudy Solis three R D. Old Man Davis, where can they find you? You can find me, Levi Stadium, tossing balls to number seven as he's practicing throwing the deep ball. That's really nice of you to work with Cap like that. That's really nice of you to take a break. He's going to need all the help he can get. Old man, Davis, you'd be in Vegas signing them papers, buddy. Getting ready for that big move. It's going to take more than just the name on the dotted line. A A lot of fans to coax to make sure we get them all in buses and head them out. Over in Las Vegas to watch. (laughs) 
Are, are you excited to make the move? You can never replace the Oakland Raiders, but there's a new chapter in the autumn wind, and it's heading southwest to Las Vegas, Nevada. Boom. There it is. So concludes another edition of the 49er Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. And our esteemed co-host, Old Man Davis. Boom! See you next time. Same Goldcast time. <laughs>